Deepsi and I'm back with episode 4 of our podcast Gloves Off the podcast that attempts to dissect seemingly run of the mill but unspoken narratives in the medical ecosystem So this week's episode is a fireside chat <laughs> I was having a conversation with my friend and colleague he wants to call himself Dr Arsenal He is an MD, emergency medicine. He is currently working as an emergency medicine physician in the southern part of the country. And we were talking about what we would say to somebody who wanted to become a doctor, an 18-year-old kid, somebody in 10th standard who came to us and said, "I want to do medicine. What is your advice?" Now, before this podcast, when I was working on the floor, the overwhelming response that I would get from doctors working around me was that. we would never let our kids do medicine but this conversation led us into something completely different and i thought you'd like to listen in and for all the doctors out there i'd really like to know what you have to say about this also so here's what we talked about so i want to know if let's say i was an a 10th standard student or or an 18 year old and i came to you as somebody who has done medicine and i asked you listen i want to do medicine or, or i want to become a doctor what would you tell them specifically would you encourage them discourage them or just you know be neutral and tell them to do whatever you know follow their own path okay so i think a lot of people have this misconception that doctors seem to have some heartfelt story behind their decision of to be a doctor or not to be and you know you see in movies that some guys got cancer and then he looks up at the sky and he's like uh, i will find a cure for cancer and hence i'll become a doctor unfortunately uh, i think a lot of people know that's not the reality because uh, uh, for me it was very simple that i just had to do either engineering or medicine i got both and then parents were like medicine concept and that was my decision to become a doctor so if you if anyone wants to shed tears this is the time for that but if i had to counsel someone who is from class 11 or class 12 and wants to know more about it i think uh laying it down open to them and making them realize what the entirety of the term being a doctor is very important in terms of knowing that your course is going to be much much longer than your peers who are in engineering or other fields uh where you would just take 5 and 1/2 years to become an undergrad and that again uh, makes you sit for another grueling uh, examination session to get an md or a dmb and we are in a point now even that is not enough and then you have to plan for your dm we've reached a point where people are now planning fellowships after their dm or mch to be frank there's no stopping to it because if you have to be good you have to be up to date and you have to keep learning new things so i think they need to understand that it's going to be for the long haul it's yeah. not going to be well you're going to be working much much longer uh, and harder hours than your peers in other specialties and quite frankly you will not be able to ever have a comparison in your life uh, with an engineer and with a management uh, uh, person and i think as one thing which could help us as doctors when we discuss amongst ourselves who are say with, uh, with the experience that you and i have now yeah. is the fact that we should really have to stop comparing ourselves to management people and to the engineers who are earning the big bucks because i think it's comparing apples and oranges yeah. it's it's a very it's a very different playing ground for them and for us so i think one thing which we should probably do for our own benefit is to stop looking at their big salary checks and feel bad about it i feel really pricey saying this because i for one can i also do the same and it's difficult but i think 
that's something which you should not be really comparing yourself to secondly you need to understand that taking or being a doctor has a different connotation to it in in terms of it cannot be measured so i understand now uh, the whole concept of uh, us being in the noble field has gone down the crapper because we a are all frustrated with our own lives uh, for a lot of reasons for the stress involved uh, for the lack of money involved and for the fact that the attitude with which patients come to us differ quite drastically from a when we were say interns to when we uh, were doing our post grad and now working as staff so you've seen over the years the way people come and speak to you has grossly changed and which has again led you to question your is this even worth it i moved out from a metropolitan city to this uh, to this fourth tier town where this is this seems to be the only tertiary care hospital in the vicinity and people who come are very humble and who come to us want to know what's going wrong and they are willing to have a discussion so you can actually sit with them and have a heart to heart full chat and un- make them understand the disease process which i think we miss in metropolitan cities because a the crowd itself doesn't really want to know and they want to have solution answers right then right now which is yeah. very very frustrating and in times when uh, when i really felt bad uh, you tend to hold on to this one experience that you've had uh, for for example for me it was when i had my first uh, um, uh, ros which is this uh, cardiac arrest and we were able to revive him back yeah that feeling which i had that time i think no techy no management guru for whatever money they are earning or for whatever joy they are bringing to their life it's unparalleled so that is one feeling that i kind of you know latch on to or hold on to but having said that i have had days when i have really really questioned whether this was worth it especially for an emergency physician because you're you're taking in the shit not only just uh, from working in a overcrowded understaffed department uh dealing with attendants you even deal with colleagues uh, from yeah. different departments who are really really uh, you know obnoxious at times so i think one thing which we we could understand is because both of us are emergency physicians we tend to resonate the same way now uh, i have friends who are in quote chiller specialities <laughs> yeah who really enjoy what they're doing they the way they speak to their patients the way they approach their work schedule it's very different and i I've, and i see them enjoying what they're doing Yeah. So sometimes I guess our specialty is very difficult at times to deal with but sometimes I feel is it something that we are also doing wrong from our perspective and not say that maybe we are not approaching it right at certain points also because it is a matter of perspective also and unfortunately in emergency we tend to see the worst of everything whether be yeah. the clinical like whether the attenders or whether the our colleagues as well so i think it's a little bit of mixed so bag so what do you so, think what do you think we could do to look at it differently from a different perspective like what do you think we are doing wrong because this is a very so common frustration it, that all emergency medicine physicians do have and you are right in the fact that a lot of people who are not emergency physicians even in the branches that are not chiller like you said not just dermatology or radiology but even general medicine people seem to enjoy the fact that they are looking at opds and you know they can talk to the patient and the patient feels good when he feels that he is being heard whether his problem gets solved or not is a whole other thing but they right. seem to enjoy what they are doing but as emergency medicine physicians we seem to be particularly disenchanted with the field of medicine and you are saying that maybe it's something that we are doing wrong so what do you think we are doing wrong so i think uh, the perils of emergency medicine are long known because in the states they are probably say around 30 years ahead of us in terms of uh, specialty in itself uh, yeah. because they they come they came up with it around the 1970s with their first academic program and we started around in say 2008 2009 and there's enough literature to show that 
it is an exhausting brand. So per se, yes, the branch has its own set of difficulties. But the thing is, see, we already know all of this. But yeah. if I were to ask this question that tomorrow, are you going to do something else? Mm. I'm quite sure that a lot of us will say, no, we will continue doing this. Yeah. And that is one thing which has, which has been literature proven that the satisfaction rates in emergency medicine are much, much higher than as compared to a lot of other branches. For sure. So I think we need to understand the fact that yes, there are perils to it and find ways to cope with it. Now, that is something called in, in, in uh, psychological terms, it's called resilience, where you have something called as resilience building, which helps you cope with the problems that you can modify. So there are certain things which you can't modify. It could be, say, uh, your institution not helping you out with, say, enough nurses and support stuff. Now, that is something, by the definition, you really can't do much of it. If you don't throw your toys out of the pram and be like, I'm not going to work. Yeah. But you have to find your own way to understand that this is the problem which is going to be there. What can I do to deal with it? So this could be something from uh, help support their work by, say, training your JRs in putting the IV line. So that would, you don't have to wait for the nurse to come and do it. You or your JR puts that IV line. And it's a very callous example, but that's, that's something which I'm trying to build that you try to even up the work over there in terms of try to help your nurses because you know the numbers are not going to increase in any way. Yeah. The other things could be kill building. So uh, develop a niche for yourself that could be say ultrasound or toxicology or research or something and keep that as your go-to thing. So even if you have a tough shift, you have something else to look forward to in terms of academic growth, which I feel is very, very important for us, which keeps us going so that you know that, okay, this is new thing has come and which I need to uh, learn or try to focus on. Having yeah. said that, as important academic is to have something non-academic. Now, for example, having a medium like this that we are out here to discuss such obvious problems is obviously helping us mitigate and understand those problems much better. So whether it's it's reading for some, it's writing for some. If you actually look at a, a general uh, look of all the emergency physicians which are there in the states, they're all these mavericks. These, these guys who are out of the box, who are into uh, mountain climbing and, uh, you know, you know, marathon runners and things like that. And so why do you think they are like that? Because it's their outlet to, you know, let go of all the anger and frustration that they face at work. And yeah. unfortunately, one thing which we lack is when a patient gets uh, operated, he thanks the surgeon, he might thank the uh, anesthesiologist. We never get that. Even then you've done a remarkably good job of it, we are often forgotten. So I think it's equally important for you as a team leader now to help, you know, your colleagues, your juniors, your staff and pat them on their back and say that you've really yeah. done a good job. Yeah. When was the last time you ship on a positive note saying, hey man, thanks, it was really great working with you all today? Because we're always looking at the negatives and I have switched institutions hoping that something better happens. But now I feel that the problem was always probably linked to me rather than the institution or my environment around me. Yeah, I think definitely one thing is there that we derive our gratification as emergency medicine physicians from very, very different things than the others. We are really digressing here. My question was, so you're saying that if I were to come to you and tell you that, listen, I want to do medicine, you would tell me that it's a long con. It's like a half marathon or a full marathon. You're not going to get instant results. And essentially, the education process pretty much never ends. Like medicine, medical education never ends. Whether you do it formally or you're just trying to, you know, run your own practice and you have to keep reading, I don't think there's an end to the reading. So they have to be prepared for the fact that it's not just, oh, I'm going to become a doctor. It's like a constant and continuous process. And that's what you would like to tell them. Am I, am I right? Is that what you wanted to say? Absolutely. Because that never happened with me. 
Yeah. I figured things as I went along. Yeah. yeah. And I think it can be quite challenging for especially for someone from who comes from a non-doctor background. Yeah. Where you really have no one else to ask, is there something that I can do different? So I think someone telling you much ahead in the game that it's going to be long haul. Uh, again, you're obviously your tone matters. If you're going to bring it out saying that oh no, it's a long haul and you're going to be stuck, then obviously you're uh, playing the game fairly. But if you were to tell them this is what it takes, and also tell them some enriching experiences that you've had from your practice, we've always had some good experiences. The amount that we went and the amount that we crib about our jobs. Uh, if you ask anybody, actually in the end, everybody says that there is nothing else they would rather do, and that exactly. it's brought them a lot of gratification. The only question is sometimes it makes you doubt whether the price we paid for it. was yeah. worth it or not is just the gratification the job satisfaction enough to justify the number of years the energy the amount of money time that you've spent doing it is enough or not okay so my second yeah, question I, is would there be any advice that you would give to somebody like that somebody who wanted to do medicine somebody who came to you and said listen i want to do medicine is there any specific thing you want to tell them like somebody said enjoy the process don't try and look at an end point and say okay at the end of 5 years i'm going to become a doctor at the end of 3 years after that i'm going to become a post graduate just try and enjoy the process and have fun with it because those are the memories that you're going to have uh, later on so is there something specific like that that you would like to say i think again it would be linked to the fact that they should understand what they're getting into i think that is my crux of the question here so that they are well aware of the merits of it and also the demerits of it so that a constructive decision can be taken having said that do you really expect a 17 year old like if i was to go back and say 2005 or 2006 and someone were to tell me take a constructive decision based on x and y and z would you be able to do that so it's it's pretty challenging for an 18 year old to think you know so far ahead and say yeah i think i can put 10 years into it it's all right because it's it doesn't make a lot of sense to that chap in that span of time or that phase in his life yeah. in his or her life yeah. so i think the other thing could be to understand the fact that you're learning about human anatomy and physiology something which is so unique that you have to appreciate the fact that you're just not dealing with machines or a software program or tools and things like that you're dealing with the human body you're dealing with everything is so unique about it every other person's understanding of an illness you might have a person who presents to you with fever and is crying and you have someone who's been shot with a bullet and is still okay with it so yeah. the reaction the human how the human mind works i think it's so fascinating absolutely to know more about it yeah and that should be one of your driving forces also to take up medicine because i think it's a huge challenge but i think the more and more you read about it the more and more you understand processes we are reading how covid is pertaining to lung physiology and it's a new ball game which people are actively researching right now yeah. and that's so fascinating the fact that you know i have a 70 year old researcher unable to answer that question and he's been working with lung physiology for such a long time and they are going back to the textbooks and figuring out what's new and if that should be the passion which you should have it it's not a desk job it's not something where you sit in front of a computer and write a software or code and you're getting answers the fact that you're dealing with humans and human psychology i think it's so fascinating i think that is something which you should be passionate about and remember through your tough days that this is what that's what somebody else also said that you should hold on to the on to the fact that it's the science that fascinates you because i find that physiology and anatomy were interesting to me when i first read them for sure but 
the older i get and the more i read the same things even sometimes not just re- advances or like recent stuff but uh, it seems to have aged like one of those brilliant you know rum chocolate cakes i'm really hungry and it ages well because it started growing on me even today if when i go back and read renal physiology i am fascinated more every single time since you've grown older you develop a better understanding of what's happening and you can ingest information information in different ways i think it seems to be getting better with time for me at least i think that is also something which you could even tell them you know that trust the process which it's going to make sense a little later but it will yeah, definitely yeah. yeah i keep like using the analogy of like a long distance run that you know it's Correct. going to feel horrible in the first 5 kilometers you're going to ask yourself again and again why you're putting yourself through this but by the time you are at your 13th 16th kilometer it's like nirvana you go into zen mode Uh, and the process itself to be able to run 13 kilometers is excruciating but i i feel like it's totally worth it you know i'm surprised by the responses i'm getting uh, when i ask people this question about whether you would ask someone to do medicine would you would you let your child do practice do medicine or not and because before this if ever this question came up all the doctors around me would say no way would we let our kids do medicine the responses i've gotten during this particular time everyone has said if they think that they would be fascinated by the science and they are they want to be doctors then they shouldn't be stopped and we would encourage them though they should be aware of the pitfalls and not get into it in the, for the wrong reasons despite all the horrible stuff that we talk about and went and crave about about the system specifically in india we would all not do anything else I mean of course we have our bad days and of course we have days when we say why why are we doing this like really what is making us do this and we're not earning we don't have lives outside the hospital but literally nobody has said to me listen i'm just not going to do that i'm not i'm just, i just feel like i'm in the wrong place nobody feels like they're in the wrong place the people who felt like that moved out and did something else pretty quickly even after mbbs yeah it's not all lost after yeah. mbbs also there's many avenues that you can branch into Yeah. But it's not like if you've done MBBS now you're stuck. But up to doctor, you have so many researchers, so many guys moving into health management, and and the list is endless when you actually think about it. Yeah, I mean you can do an so, MBA, you can do law. I I mean it's not like it was earlier. I think it's definitely improving every day. Absolutely. Where you can pursue like a hundred different things, even though you've done medicine. We both know people who have an active musical career. We know people who have left medicine after doing a super speciality. uh done construction jobs and then come back and practice medicine i mean especially during this covid i know somebody who's farming in his dad's fields because he's finished his post grad and now he just wants to take a two two year break so what i'm trying to say is it's it's not you know uh, all or nothing yeah it's not a all or nothing why once you're entering it entered it that's it that's it you're you're stuck in it forever it used to feel like that earlier but i don't think that's the case anymore i'm happy that i did, i'm doing this particular episode because a lot of positive stuff is coming out and yeah. it feels like even in the worst situations where you met people who are otherwise extremely unhappy with the way things are and how medicine works in india i think there's still a lot of hope and a lot of positivity hanging around we just have to and i think on. like the popular thing the literature has now stopped using terms like burnout and the excessive emphasis that we seem to have on it and talk more about things like wellness so that you don't get limited by the inherent negativity which 
which multiplies by the minute. Yeah. If you start bitching about something, you will have 15 people around you adding to it and adding more masala to it and, you know, giving it more fire. Yeah. But if you were to call it and start saying that, let's, let's discuss something happy and positive which happened at work, you'll find it inherently difficult for people to comment and have a discussion about it. Yeah, so I think that one major conclusion I've come to at the end of this uh, podcast interview process is that I've realized that we used to be really, really blame-oriented. And you know, mm-hmm. it's important, it's therapeutic to ventilate and talk and crib, but it has to stop after a certain point because it doesn't achieve yeah. anything. And it's important yeah. that mm-hmm. we think about solutions and become solution-oriented instead of blame-oriented. Just like an mm-hmm. o- when you do an audit of, of a mortality in a hospital, there is, uh, after some point, no point in trying to blame or place responsibility on a certain department, on a certain doctor. It makes more sense to figure out what were the factors that led that department or person to make those decisions and how would you do it differently and, and learn from it and practice medicine in such a way that that mistake should not happen again. Because at some point, there's nothing to be achieved from placing brain. So we have a very, very, very long way to go as a system in India to become solution-oriented instead of blame-oriented. We are practicing a lot of what people call eminence-based medicine instead of evidence-based medicine. But I think that at least we've started the process. And I hope that through this podcast, at least some people, or even if three people hear about it, and then, like you said, you know, make an active uh, effort to appreciate their colleagues and their juniors. If even one person goes back and does that at the end of the shift, I think that the reason I started this podcast has at least to some certain extent been satisfied. Okay, great. Thanks a lot, Dr. Arsenal, sparing your precious time pre-night duty for us (laughs) and giving us your words of wisdom. Thanks a lot. Thank you. So that was my conversation with Dr. Arsenal. Let me know what you think about it, what you would say to somebody who wants to do medicine as doctors. All of you guys who are not doctors and are listening to me, thank you for listening. And I wonder if you would encourage people in your life to do medicine. Write to me at glovesofthepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, share. We're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, and as of today, we're on Apple Podcasts as well. This is Dr. Gypsy signing off. See you next time. Oh,